Welcome to Counter Programming. I'm Shira. And my name is Arielle. On this podcast, we cover all things count, counter, county, or counting to distract you and us from all that's happening around us. It's Counter Programming. The good news is that it finally feels like there's an end in sight since Biden recently announced that all adults will be eligible for vaccines come May 1st. Hooray! That's a weird way to say hooray. Hooray! But until then, we will keep counting with you. Today's episode is the second in our series on musical counters. Last week, we talked about Beyonce's countdown. Shout out to Beyonce for making our episode obsolete approximately four days after we recorded. We reported that Beyonce had the second most Grammys of any female singer. Well, now she has the most. We like to believe that it was because of our episode. Check back in your counter-programming episode feed to listen to our Beyonce episode, as well as our countertop series. There is truly no shortage of counter-content in our archives. This week, we're talking about counting crows. Not the act of enumerating birds in the sky, but rather the American rock band formed in 1991. In case anyone thought we were going to talk about counting actual crows. (laughs) Just want to clarify for everybody. Well, Arielle, I think it's time to count some crows. Oh, that was a great crow sound. Thank you so much. Shira, what's your relationship with counting crows? I'll be honest. The only song of theirs that I really associate with them is Accidentally in Love because I had the Shrek 2 soundtrack on my, I believe at the time it was an iPod mini, on my iPod mini and would listen to that song. And then, you know, in retrospect, I realized that I I know a few of their other songs, but I would not say I'm a crow. Is that what they call their fans? I don't think so. Okay. I did find out um, this week when we were writing this episode that my roommate, Jenna, she's a a huge crow. She went to their concert in (laughs) high school. No way. Yeah. She loves counting crows. Wow. I Here's my relationship with counting crows. I remember listening to a lot of CDs in the car with my mom, and it was Jewel. We were really into Jewel and Dido and potentially counting crows. I happen to remember Mr. Jones really vividly. Mm-hmm. And is Miss, Mrs. Potter's Lullaby, is that a counting crow song? If so, then... I remember that from growing up. I was excited to learn more, and I'm excited to share what we've learned with the counties. Shira, shall we first do some background on Counting Crows? I think that'd be a perfect place to start. Okay, here we go. You may have noticed, counties, that we are not saying the Counting Crows, and that is because the band is called Counting Crows. That is all. We will be referring to them as Counting Crows, but it is hard to say. So just know that we want to say the Counting Crows. And if we if we do misstep and we say a the, just cut us some slack. We do apologize to Counting Crows for that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so Shira, tell us about Counting Crows. Counting Crows is an American rock band that formed in Berkeley, California in 1991. And it consists right now of quite a few people, far more than I realized. I thought Counting Crows was like, three-person band. I will likely butcher these names, but I think I'll give it a go. Butcher away. On the drums, we have Jim Bogios. On guitar, we have David Bryson, David Immerglock, and Dan Vickery. And I like to believe that they share a guitar. (laughs) 
on the guitar. <laughs> As the lead vocalist and the founder of Counting Crows, we have Adam Duritz playing keyboard, Charlie Gillingham, and Millard Powers on the bass. Way to fill out the stage, Shira. And let's talk really quick about the former members of the band. There have been just a few of them. We have Steve Bowman, who played drums for The Crows <laughs> from 1991 to 1994. Matt Malley, who played... He did it all. Yeah, he played bass. He played rhythm guitar. He played keyboards. He played backing vocals. That's not... He didn't play backing vocals. <laughs> he was Your voice vocals. is <laughs> Counties can tell from the way that we so expertly use our voice on this show. <laughs> that it's, it's our number one instrument. And Matt Malley was in... Counting Crows from 91 to 2005. And then finally, Ben Mize was also on the drums 1994 to 2002. So he took over, it seems, for Steve Bowman. That's, that's the way it seems. Now that we have counted our crows, I think actually the entire process of recording this episode is counting our crows. Now that we've... Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about where the name Counting Crows came from. So this is fun. Got a little history for you, counties. The band comes from the British nursery rhyme called One for Sorrow. It's about the superstitious counting of magpies, which are members of the crow family. It's a bird that's a member of the crow family. Legend has it that the number of magpies seen tells if one will have good or bad luck. Adam Dirtz, who is the founder and singer, he heard the, the this nursery rhyme in the film Signs of Life, which his friend Mary Louise Parker starred in. And fun fact, I put in parentheticals, Mary Louise Parker is the mom and the star of Weeds. So we found there was a lot of information about this nursery rhyme. Um, and I, you know, really encourage everyone to check out birdspot.co for more information about the magpies. But I think the most important thing we need to share with everyone is what the actual nursery rhyme is. And it is featured in a Counting Crows song called A Murder of One from their first album. So Shira, shall we dramatically read this again, line for line? <sighs> you read my mind, Ariel. Oh, here we go. It's called, once again, Counties, One for Sorrow. Please dim the lights, close your eyes. <laughs> one for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy, five for silver, and six for gold, seven for a secret, never to be told. Eight for a wish. Nine for a kiss. Ten for a bird. You must not miss. I mean, that was beautiful, if I do say so myself. So I was a little confused the first time I read that poem, Ariel. I don't know if you had a similar reaction. Like, are the magpies good or bad luck? Because I don't think it's bad for four is a boy, three for a girl, you know? Like, that was a little confusing to me. So I did some more research on that. And it seems that the Romans and the Greeks, and actually still today in China and Korea, people view the magpies as good luck. However, Christianity and the church viewed the magpies in the opposite light and claimed that the magpie was the only bird not to cry when Jesus was crucified. And so they became associated with bad luck in England predominantly. And then it just kind of spiraled from there because I feel like I've seen a lot of crows represented as a negative thing in movies. Mm -hmm. They're often seen as kind of villainous. It's because they're so smart. There's a lot of mm -hmm. literature and 
studies that suggest that crows can recognize faces. They like shiny things. So you can actually get them to be on your side if they come and visit your house. And if you give them shiny things, they will come back looking for more shiny things. There's like a lot going on with crows. Well, that was actually one of the reasons people associated them with bad luck is because they would steal shiny things from people. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I have nothing against crows. I think it's interesting to see that they're good luck some places, bad luck other places. I, you know, I'm, I'm open to both options. Yeah. And really cool background for why a band is named what it is. So good on you, Adam Duritz, for really kind of digging into history, digging into nursery rhymes to come up with the name for your band, which has lasted for so long. Really a longstanding band. So I have a counterpoint before we move on. So yes, crows can seem negative in some societies. I like them. However, there's a delicious vegan ice cream shop in Los Angeles called Magpies. So I just wanted to give them a shout out and visit them if you're there. It's really good. It's soft serve vegan ice cream. That sounds delicious. It is. And with that, we're going to take a short break for an ad. Arielle, do you notice anything different about me today? Well, you are glowing. Yeah, no, I'm, it's my skin. I'm glowing. It's well hydrated. <laughs> I... Uh, used some of the products from Romer Skincare this past week. They have a cleanse face wash that I use, and then I used their treat to really hydrate my skin because I was feeling incredibly dry from the New York City heat. Thankfully, this product from Romer really helped me moisturize my skin, so I'm looking flawless for our our squad cast today. And I appreciate these products because it's three, it's like a three-step simple regimen, really clean, non-toxic ingredients, and a portion of the sales go to nonprofits that support environmental causes. Oh, we love that. As we, yeah, as we said earlier, we want to tell you guys about products that we think are good and that are doing good and align with us. And counties, we love a woman-owned business. And this Romer Skincare is owned by Lauren Rome, I believe is her name. So shout out to Lauren and your skincare line. I'm excited to try it. Tell them about the, the promo code we got them. Totes. So go to Romer Skincare. And once you're ready to make your purchase, enter Counter Programming 15 at checkout and you'll receive 15% off your order. Again, that's RomerSkincare.com for 15% off your order at checkout when you go to RomerSkincare.com. Thanks, counties. We are so excited to tell you about Podcorn. We've been using Podcorn since the beginning of season one of our show to make it rain. Sure, yeah, (laughs) make it rain. Podcorn is a marketplace that connects podcasters to amazing sponsors. We've gotten to work with some wonderful products and companies. For example, you just heard us advertise Romer Skincare. That was through Podcorn. Podcorn sets podcasters up with a variety of advertising options, pre-rolls, mid-rolls, post-rolls, even creative integrations and guest interviews. We love working with Podcorn because there's no middle woman. It's us. We're the main characters. Podcasters set their own rates and then pitch products and companies. We have a lot of fun with Podcorn and we recommend it to any podcaster who's looking to monetize their show. Podcorn's mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and control of how and when they monetize their shows. We'll have a link in the show notes of this episode to Podcorn. Check it out and start browsing some sponsorship opportunities. Thanks, Podcorn. Podcorn. 
Hi, Counties. Shira here. I am super excited about a package that just arrived at my apartment. It's my new Thousand Fell sneakers. They are beautiful and all white and clean. They are 100% leatherless, recyclable, and vegan. And I'm super excited to try them out this week. So as any good county would do, I am going to count my steps in my Thousand Fells and I will report back to you counties and let you know how I do. Well, counties, it was a long weekend, but I got a lot of steps in in my Thousand Fells and I'm ready to report that I got a total of... 20,342 steps in my thousand fells. If you want to wear thousand fells like me, make sure to go check out thousand fells latest color drop collection, which is coming soon. And new customers can receive 10% off of your first purchase. And make sure you mention that you heard about thousand fells from counter programming with Shira and Ariel when you check out. And we're back. Shira, shall we do a quick history of Counting Crows? I really think it's okay to say the Counting Crows if we're saying it like that. Yeah, that's why it's confusing to me. I understand the band is Counting Crows, but they're as a band, like you say, the band. Yes, we're allowed to do that. Yeah. Here's a very quick history of the Counting Crows. See, it's, it's not the Counting Crows, it's the Counting Crows. Yeah. Let's trade bullet point for bullet point. In 1991, as we mentioned, the band forms in San Francisco Bay Area as an acoustic duo of Adam Duritz and David Bryson. By 1993, they'd added more members to the band and signed with Geffen Records. They released their debut album, August and Everything After, in September of 1993. That makes sense because September is after August. In 94, they were nominated for two Grammys. As their fame grew, they added more members to the band again. In 95, Duritz suffered a nervous breakdown and took some time to write some more music. Which led to their second album in 1996, Recovering the Satellites. They then went on tour in 97, but had to cancel some gigs because Adam got nodules. Isn't that the vocal thing? Mm-hmm. Nodes, right? People call them? Yeah. I think it happened in Pitch Perfect. Yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a classic issue for singers. In 1999, they released their third album, This Desert Life. Which I imagine was modeled after This American Life. Perhaps. Probably. (laughs) In 2002, they released their fourth album, Hard Candy. I imagine that was modeled after Hard Candy. Hard Candy? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) During the Hard Candy tour, they had some changes to their band. Some people left, some newbies joined, but everything seems to have been amicable. So nothing to report there. In 2004, they were nominated for an Oscar for Accidentally in Love, which was featured in Shrek 2. I would say that is arguably their biggest accomplishment because it's my favorite song of theirs. In 2008, they released Saturday Nights and Sunday Morning, a two-part album. In 2009, they left Geffen Records, but continued to release some independently produced records on live albums, and they continued touring. In 2014, they released Somewhere Under Wonderland. Ooh, hard to say. Mm -hmm. In 2018, we're skipping four years, now we're in 2018, Duritz began recording the Underwater Sunshine podcast, a weekly music podcast with author and music journalist James Campion. We love a podcaster, a fellow podcaster. (laughs) In 2019, Duritz made a comment after their performance at Outside Lands to the effect of, we don't know when we'll see you again or if we'll see you again. People freaked out and thought that the band was breaking up. Thankfully, 
they didn't break up and the fans are still anxiously awaiting another album because as you've realized, they have not released an album since 2014. According to an article that Grunge published in May of 2020, Counting Crows are or some parts of them are working on new music. There's no like album release scheduled or tour date scheduled. So yeah, the fans don't really know what to make of this. To be continued, we can't guarantee this, but when Counting Crows come back, if we're still making counter-programming, we will absolutely report on it. You, you know, counties, we we come up with all these side projects that we're going to do based on our episodes. So one of them could be a listening party or perhaps a a concert, a county counter-programming Counting Crows concert. That could be fun, you guys. Counties, go to Counting Crows at Nassau Coliseum. I can see it in the stars. <laughs> I love that Nassau Coliseum is what you chose. That's the only music <laughs> venue that came venue? to me. I mean, look, I saw Taylor Swift there. Lots of fond memories, look. but hilarious. <laughs> look, now that we've got some history under our belt, we know the members of the band. We're ready to go. Let's talk about the top Counting Crows songs. This list comes to us from Michael Gallucci from Diffuser.fm, but I mostly agree with what Michael Gallucci said, and I hadn't heard of some of them, so this was kind of a fun exploration for me. Here are the top 10 Counting Crows songs and a bit about each one. And as you know, Counties, we love a countdown. Shira, can you start us off with number 10? Number 10, we have Daylight Fading, which is from their second album, Recovering the Satellites, that was released in 96. And it just missed the top 50 Billboard hits. Sad. Have you heard of that one? No. You know, I did, in retrospect, I did mean to listen to some more of their music in preparation for this episode, but alas, Counties... I listened you, while while researching. It was kind of nice. I never listened to music. I'm going to... You're such a podcaster. You really don't listen. I really to never me. listened to music. So yeah. I did Counting Crows and then I went into Weezer. I love Weezer. <laughs> Number nine, Hanging Around. This is from This Desert Life, aka This American Life. It was the first single off of this album, which came out in 1999. It stalled at number 22 on the charts. So I call for justice for Hanging Around. It's a great song. I'll let you know my thoughts later. Yeah. <laughs> in number eight, we have You Can't Count on Me, a county favorite. We love that. <laughs> and that comes from Saturday Nights and Sunday Morning, the 2008 album. And the album debuted in the top 10, but this song never reached the top 100. Number seven, I disagreed with this choice on Michael Gallucci's part. This song is Accidentally in Love. It's an absolute banger. Yeah, number, putting it at number seven is, is fairly rude, in my opinion. It's a mistake. But of course, Accidentally in Love was the opening scene song of Shrek 2, which came out in 2004. It was nominated for an Oscar, and it's the last time that the band hit the top 40 accidentally in love i've said this to you before ariel but that song i feel like i listened to it more than any other song on my ipod because it was a it started with a so it would just always come on and you know what once it starts you can't stop the dancing my song that always started playing was a punk by vampire weekend at number six we have another a song Angels of the Silences. Good connection there, Shira. <laughs> That's what also from the it's Angels of the Silences is also from the 1996 album Recovering the Satellites, and it did not crack the top 40 list. This next one, number five, this is a fun story. The song is called Einstein on the Beach, and then in parentheses, for an Eggman. Don't know it's a why. Hilarious name. This song came out in 1994. In 1994, the Counting Crows record company had a bunch of very famous and also very good alternative rock bands. 
on their record label. They had Weezer, Beck, Nirvana, and a whole bunch of others. So the record label decided to make an album with the band's outtakes, the songs that weren't going to make it to their own album. And so this song was chosen for that album. It hit number one on the modern rock chart, and it's the only time that the band had a number one. Oh, so that's, I'm going to start by listening to that one. because You also, don't have to. I listened. It's weird. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a great title, though. I listen so you don't have to. Thank you. You're welcome. At number four, we have Rain King, which was from their first album, August and Everything After. It was released as their fourth single. And the song title is reference to author Saul Bellows, Henderson, The Rain King. The literary references that they do, mm-hmm. you know? They're really great. I think I, I really want to personally just explore their lyrics more as I listen because it seems like Adam Duritz, who I imagine writes most of their music, like really is entrenched in culture and literary references and the, the writing is a big part of it, even if it's not my typical music genre. Next up, number three, A Long December. It's also from that 1996 album, Recovering the Satellites. This is one of their most musically rich songs. It even has a mournful accordion. For number two, we have Round Here, also from August and Everything After. Round Here. That's how it goes. Looking forward to hear their version. (laughs) The song's origins actually predate the band's formation. So this was a song that Adam Duritz wrote with his previous band called the Himalayans. And it peaked at 31 on the Billboard's Top 100. And number one, we've made it through the countdown. According to Michael Gallucci and me. And me. Okay. (laughs) I thought you were going to be an accidentally in love number one person. No, I think this is number one. That's this is a great. really great song. Counties, maybe you've guessed it, but it's Mr. Jones. It's from that 1993 album, August and Everything After. It's really the song that started it all for the band. And I've always been wondering, who is Mr. Jones? I've wondered for 20 years, maybe even more. In a 2013 interview, Adam Duritz explained that even though the song is named for his friend Marty Jones, it is actually about Duritz himself. Quote, I wrote a song about me. I just happened to be out with him that night. End quote. So he named it. Mr. Jones. It should be Mr. Duritz, but that wouldn't sound as good. And truthfully, the lyrics are Mr. Jones and me. So he's talking about himself and his friend, Mr. Jones. The thing that I was most surprised about in our research, well, many things surprised me because I I came in knowing next to nothing, but I would have expected Mr. Jones to be from a later album. Like once they've already like peaked in in popularity and stuff, I didn't realize it was like really the song that started it all because it's also the song that's really stuck. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like they peaked a little early there. But yeah, apparently Mr. Jones is a song about songwriting. That's kind of the media that does best. I don't know if you've noticed, but Mank got a lot of nominations at the recent for the Oscars, I think. Mm -hmm. And Mank is a movie about making movies. So those seem to do well. Songs about making songs seem to do well. Podcasts about podcasts, eh. But some of them are popular. Startup by Gimlet. So that's maybe something for us to explore for a later, for an idea of ours, Shira. What do you say? Yeah, or even just like a research study, a quick little survey will do. That'll do. All right, Shira, next up, I have a game for you. So we are currently getting to the stage of our Google Doc where in big red letters, it says, Shira, don't read. And I am very good at following instructions. So I have not read. That wasn't sarcastic, counties. I'm an incredible, I'm incredibly good at following instructions. That's true about (laughs) It's actually true. (laughs) It's very true about me. High high key flex. All right, so Shira, 
here's how this game is going to work. I'm going to read or sing the first few words of a Counting Crows verse. You try to fill in the rest. The point here is to try to get the words right. And I think that they might be confusing, but I feel like you're good at lyrics. Yeah, for songs that I know, I think. So we're gonna, we'll see. We'll see how this yeah, goes. If it's going to work, we can always cut it. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so here we go. Number one. So I said I'm a snowball running. Running fat faster to the green. Very good. Coming on this love. Love. Okay, yeah, that was pretty close. So here's how it goes. This is from Accidentally in Love. So I said, I'm a snowball running, running down into the spring that's coming. All this love, love makes me want to turn around. Yeah, you got it. Okay, I wasn't terrible. Not bad. I understand where your mumbling was going. Yeah. Number two, here we go. This song didn't make it into Michael Gallucci's top 10, but I love this song. I am colorblind. Nope, nothing. Nothing coming to mind. Wrong direction. No. The answer is coffee black and egg white. This is from the song Colorblind, and it was made famous, you know, by the Counting Crows, of course, but also in the movie Cruel Intentions. It played. Oh, it's a great song. Cool, cool, cool. Number three, cut up Maria. Show me some of that Spanish dancing. Cut up Maria. Show me some of that Spanish dancing and pass me a bottle, Mister oh, cool. Jones. That's from Mr. Yes. Jones? Yes. What? Yes. Maybe I only know the chorus of that song. The only part I know is Mr. Jones and me. Yes, very good. I hope <laughs> our singing is not so accurate that we're going to get sued for plagiarism. Yeah, I think it might be, we might get we're asked okay. to take it down <laughs> from how bad it is. For disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next up, question number four. She sat right down on the sofa, says, where have you been? All my life. Oh, nope, nope, <laughs> uh, good guess. She sat right down on the sofa, says, where have you been? I've been waiting for you. You know it? Mm-hmm. Last night I had something so good. These days get so long. That song? I forget what that's from. Great song though. Yeah. Oh, it's Hanging Around. That one's from mm-hmm. Hanging Around. Justice for Hanging Around. You're a, you're a real turns crow, out, Turns out you're a crow. crow. <laughs> I told you, me and my family in the cars, CDs on the long rides. The Nissan bots are crows. All Dido, the way. Counting Crows. And what did I say was the last one? Jewel. Pink. Jewel. Jewel. Jewels. <laughs> All right. And the last one, this is kind of a trick. I think you're going to know it. They paved paradise and put up a parking lot with a pink hotel, a boutique, and a swinging hotspot. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? Yes, very good. So they covered. Yes. They covered. Um, Big Yellow Taxi. Yes, they covered Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted you to end on a high note. I have to say, I actually, until doing our research, I thought that was their song. I've only heard their version. I think a lot of people did. So I'm glad that now, you know, we, we're we giving Joni credit, but we're also able to appreciate the crow's work. Last night I had something so good. These days get so long. That song is good. Yeah. So Shira, how are you feeling about the crows now that we've concluded our episode for the most part? I'm excited to get more into their music and to really look at Adam Duritz's lyrics um, and to just appre- have, a, have a new appreciation for them. For 90s alt-rock bands? Yeah, I think that that's a genre I haven't really explored too much. And... 
I feel like at the time when it came out, it was so not something I was into, but now I'm a little older and I feel like their lyrics might resonate more. And so I'm excited to to start Counting Crows. Literally enumerating birds in the sky. Exactly. While I sing, I'll sit on my fire escape and count all the birds that fly by. Very good. And then you'll report back for the captains. Yeah, 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 yeah. Turns out I'm much more of a crow than I thought. Yeah, you're yeah. a crow head. I'm a crow head. I am actually not shocked that I'm a crow head. You, that you know more of their music than you anticipated. I feel like you grew up around it more and you you like you go to fish concerts and stuff like oh. <laughs> okay. I, I actually, know I feel like that's actually something you have to be careful about because people do go to like 90 fish concerts and you've yeah. been to like two. I've been to three, which is big. That's shocking to me, but yeah. um yeah, comparatively it's nothing. But I, I feel like this is you're more into the the alt music than I am. Always have been, always will be. That's true. Let us know what you think of The Counting Crows. We'd love to hear from you, whether it's The Counting Crows, Beyonce, anything with the word count or counter in the title. We'd love to hear from you. Are you a 90s alt-rock band fan? If so, which ones? Please let us know. Send all your recs our way. I feel like I have a whole musical adventure to start. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We hope you're enjoying our journey into the music counting world. Last week, of course, we talked about Beyonce's Countdown. And this week, Counting Crows... And counties, it is all to prepare for next week's episode. Dun, dun, dun. The final countdown. (laughs) That's right. We're going to listen to Europe's The Final Countdown. Yeah, we're going to Europe. (laughs) We're going to Europe. (laughs) Counties, you can find us on all social media and get in touch with compliments, complaints, suggestions, what have you. Or on Instagram at counterprogrammingpod. You can email us episode suggestions at counterprogrammingshiraariel at gmail.com. Counterprogramming is by us, Shira Ariel. It's sound designed and mixed by Daniel Turek, whose work you can find and enjoy at robotslap.com. Our theme song is called Tennessee Hayride and it's by Jason Shaw. That's it. We'll be back next week with more. From our countertops to yours. Bye, Ariel. Bye, Shira. Bye, Counties. I've been hanging around. I love that song. <laughs>